Hey, you're listening to the RFWP Podcast with your host, Lois McNair and Emily Lewis, where you'll find candid conversations, transparent faith, encouragement, the occasional sarcasm, and a whole lot of grace as they share their walk with Jesus. Here's today's episode. We've been worshiping up in here. It's been good. (laughs) I love that song. It's amazing. Mm. If you don't know what song we're talking about, they don't. Thank God by Maverick City. Mm. Oh my goodness. It's a jam. Up in my house. I think Bill listened to it uh, 30 times, like in a day last week. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. Way to go, Bill. He was already one of my favorites and that makes him even more. There you go. (laughs) Oh, speaking of worship songs, pretty soon, a little bird told me we're going to have some playlists up on our website. It's going to be so fun. Yes. I'm going to put a playlist of your favorites and my current favorites up on our website because I can't get enough of the worship songs. That's great. I love it. I love it. Love it. Um, so maybe I should start this portion with, you know, how, like some of those podcasts, they do trigger warning (laughs) (laughs) and a little drum roll, little drum roll, the red lights beat trigger warning. So that's really a creepy voice, but I, I like it. All right. So somebody posted some of their notes, some more notes from college, but this time I actually have a list in front of me. Mm. Are you ready for this? <laughs> and from what I understand in some smaller Bible colleges, it's still being taught. Is uh-huh. that true? I can't verify that. But I that's can't either. I mean. Me too. So so if I'm wrong, you just know ahead of time that I, I said, I can't verify that. Yeah. I didn't okay. look it up. Okay. So these are the notes from a do's and don'ts for the feminine manner. Okay. Then manner, like mannerisms. Not okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So do's and don'ts for the feminine manner. All right. Um, and this is taught or was taught, we know it was taught, we don't know if it's currently being taught, but for how Christian women should act in order to find a husband, or to keep your husband, or all the things. Okay. Okay. You ready? Sure. Okay. (laughs) Avoid the following qualities in the voice. Okay. Loudness, firmness, efficiency, boldness, over-softness or timidity, dullness, flat tone, mumbling, monotonous singing. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What is that? It's it's right here in black and white with pink highlighter. (laughs) No way. Oh, Oh, I just missed number four. Don't laugh loudly. (laughs) (laughs) okay here we go here's another one don't use facial expressions that are hard 
harsh, bitter, or unyielding? Unyielding. I don't even know. Unyielding. Oh. I don't, how, what's a yielding like? <laughs> like here, take advantage of me. That's oh, what I think. Yeah, of. that's probably true. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, don't whistle loudly. Don't gulp your food or eat noisily. Oh, <laughs> don't drink by throwing your head back. Example, Coke cans. <laughs> okay, noted. Noted. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, <clears throat> those are don'ts. Here are some do's. Um, shake hands with men lightly. What does that mean? <laughs> like uh, it's supposed to feel like a dead fish, so you feel feminine. exactly. <laughs> yeah, my dad mind. wouldn't let us do that. My dad, I mean, there were a lot of things he wanted us to do, and there were a lot of extra standards that he wanted us to keep. But shaking a man's hand lightly was not one of them. Mm -mm. Um, walk lightly. How do you, how do you? <laughs> Lightly. I, I picture somebody on their tiptoes of their heels or something. Is that like walk lightly and carry a big stick? <laughs> Please. Okay, here you go. This is so not me. Acquire a gentle tone to the voice. So we just speak very softly because that's godly? Um, apparently. Okay. Oh, here's another one that <laughs> acquire facial expressions that are gentle and tender. I, I don't even know what to say. Oh, I know you're just in shock. Um, <clears throat> eat quietly. Didn't we wait? Didn't we read? Don't eat noisily earlier. And now yes. we have eat quietly. Okay. Sit modestly. Okay, maybe you can help me with this one. React. <laughs> I'm sure the word means timidity in some form or fashion. I'll have to get out my thesaurus. React with timorousness when men notice you. What in the world? Okay, so that one is ridiculous. I mean, they're all ridiculous, but that one's ridiculous because you know what that does? That sets somebody up for um, not abuse? being able to stand up for themselves oh, for abuse. Yes, yes. Because you're oh, not supposed so to voice, use your voice. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, that one's heavy. So <sighs> if at some time or another you are stuck with a masculine job in the presence of men, do it in a feminine manner. Huh? Signed, June Cleaver. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm going to go mow the grass and tiptoe and act like I don't know what I, I mean, what is a feminine manner? Because the, what they're describing as a feminine manner is like. Sounds like you don't know what you're doing. Right. It's not genuine feminine, femininity. No. no. No, that's a whole nother podcast. It's softness. Yeah. Genuine femininity is, is not a bad thing. No. But they make it sound like, okay. For example, 
if you must lift a heavy sack of groceries or must change a tire or hammer some nails, do so with all womanliness. <laughs> you don't even. <laughs> okay, for those of you who are listening right now and you're going, these are not real. Y'all just made them up. Um, they're real. They're, they're real. Legit. It, they were class notes, I promise you. Okay. It is not up to you to perform masculine tasks with the skill that men do. They will, oh no, no, they didn't meet, they didn't meet the tangled girl with the cassa and pan, did they? Okay. (laughs) Wait, what's her name? Rapunzel. Yes. (laughs) They will never come to your rescue if you can do these things as well as they can. Oh, no way. (laughs) That's gross. Because I want to be a damsel in distress and have the man rescue me because I'm clueless and now great granted okay let me give a caveat here do it I adore my man and he's about as masculine as they come not every man is that way some are more soft-spoken and and that's fine sure but, but I don't have to be clueless or helpless for him to feel his manliness that's not he is who he is in Christ as God has created him to be. It's not my job to act like a wimp so that he feels better. Uh-uh. Yeah. He read some of these and he, it literally, I think made him physically stick to his stomach. He had to leave the room. Uh. Okay. Um, be yourself, your true feminine self. And men will come quickly to the rescue because you appear dependent and in need of their help. Okay, can I just say a really bold term? This is grooming. Yes, yes it is. Especially it, when you get down to that last note. Okay. Are you talking about the section that says developing dependency? Yeah, I just flipped when I saw that. I can't believe that's there. Developing dependency. Dispense with any air of strength and ability and acquire a feminine dependent air or attitude. Stop doing masculine things. Don't be competitive with men in their own masculine fields or try to excel them. That's so gross to me. That's grooming. Just like you said, setting up women and men for manipulation and abuse. Yeah. I guess that's so sad. And it's not what God intended. No. Oh, here's one. And I'm, and I'm can't read anymore tonight because I'll lose my mind. Practice your femininity on every man you meet until it becomes second nature to you. Oh my word. Okay. I'm just gonna tell you right now, none of that None of that is what God intended. None of that is biblical. And none no, it's of that not. is true femininity nope. that God gave, you know, the, the women of the world. And as he created us, that's not true femininity. Every bit of that is acting and fake or being. Yes. Groomed. Yes. God um, called us to be genuine and transparent. 
and and be who we are in Christ and to know our identity in Christ. Yes. And I have three words, Say it. three names, jail, Deborah, hold that. If you don't know who they are in the Bible, they are not that. <laughs> I wonder if when jail picked up the spike, she did it in a feminine way. <laughs> so as not to look like she was excelling. Well, she probably was walking lightly because she didn't want to wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So these were posted recently, which brings us to my favorite statement of the week that comes mm-hmm. from a guy. Yeah. You can't say who it is because we're going to protect his identity. I quote, there is so much wrong with this and I don't have the time to write a book. As a man, I am all about women being feminine and I thoroughly enjoy being a gentleman and treating a lady properly. But there is also something really attractive about a woman who can use a power tool, shoot a gun, throw a ball, etc. I agree wholeheartedly that there is a deliberate attempt to put women into a four C's of womanhood only box. The four C's being cook, clean, care for, and conceive. You are a weak, meek, helpless little female that can't do anything without a man. As a man, I believe this thinking is disgustingly demeaning heap of rotten garbage. Ladies, if I can't encourage you from a man's perspective, please be feminine and be what God has designed you to be. But also don't be afraid to learn and do things that may not be necessarily considered feminine. I pray this encourages someone end quote. And I am sure that that will encourage someone. Yeah. You you can just be who you were made to be. Yeah. You don't have to tiptoe around or fake. Right. That's really what it's calling to be. It's calling to be fake. Mm -hmm. Not how God wired you, not how he intended to, but let's fake what femininity is so that you can capture the right guy and practice enough so it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, that just, again, I know we talked about worth two weeks in a row and, and I don't, I'm not gonna quote unquote rehash that, but that takes what God intended in a woman in her worth and, and strips it mm-hmm. completely Yep. Um, to be and do something that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm glad it was a guy who said it was a rotten heap of garbage and not just us. Me too. <laughs> so today we want to talk about another woman in the Bible. Hagar is mm-hmm. who we want to talk about today. You know, it's kind of like we were reading these quotes and things from somebody's college notes from Bible college. And then people wonder why we need to spend time untwisting the narrative, Mm. you know, and, and you're going to hear that terminology a lot from us because I feel like that's a big part of what we need to do is we need to untwist the false narrative that has been spoken for so long yeah not just by what some people term themselves 
the man of God, not just by that, not just by them, but by women, older women themselves who have continued to perpetuate that false narrative because mm-hmm. that's the way they were taught. And then yeah. they taught the next generation that. And with Hagar and untwisting the narrative, the way that she is protected by God and provided for by him was mm-hmm. something that wasn't focused on at all. And that's, I think the main point of this story is God is helping the down and out. Yeah. Yeah. And he constantly seeks those who are, are broken. Those who need, need help. Um, Right. So so let's look at the story. Go ahead. Let's look at the story. Let's look at um, Genesis chapter 16. And obviously we don't have time to do the whole story tonight. So I'm just going to focus on a few things. Um, But Genesis chapter 16, and I'm going to start by just kind of giving you a heads up, um, a little bit of the backstory. Most people know that have read the Bible, most people know the story of Abraham and Sarah, and that Sarah was the terminology there in scripture was barren. She was not able to have children. They were getting older in years. Um, And she had a slave um, by the name of Hagar. Now, Hagar came with Sarah when they left. Um, She was Egyptian, so she was out of her homeland. Okay, Mm -hmm. She was a slave. And something that I read, you know, when I was studying a little bit of the the history of this and um, historically at that time, and I didn't know this till recently, but historically at that time, Emily, um, <laughs> women slaves, you know, or others were, were given like they were property mm-hmm. um, as a dowry. Like this was like, could have been Sarah's dowry like when she gets married, mm-hmm. here's your female slave. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, this, I've heard talk this past year about some certain um, gentlemen of conversations on Twitter have tried to say that, that slavery in the Bible was okay and it was justified. And that, that is not true. And that's not what God intended Um And that's just, again, a false narrative. But here she is. um, And Sarah decides to take matters into her own hands, which again, back in the day, um, back in that day, if a a wife was barren, culturally, she could give her um, maidservant or she could give another woman to her husband knowing that when the baby was born it would belong to her Mm. not to the woman who gave birth well Hagar didn't have any choice in this right no she was a slave she had to do what was told and I know just hearing that word is probably going to be a trigger for a lot of our listeners because slavery is something they have 
fought against their entire lives for generations and generations. And so just saying that just makes me sad um, and angry. So yeah. yep. she was trafficked. She yes. was sold and she was given slavery. So she is, um, she goes in, she gets pregnant and she probably cops an attitude because at that time um, it put her in a position, women's worth at that point was like came through childbirth. And so it put her in a position, a position that she'd really never been in before because she'd always been mm. the little man on the totem pole, so right. to speak, right. you know, and it gives her a position. So um, I'm going to start reading where Sarah has treated her very poorly. And so um, she runs, Hagar runs. I also read recently that where she was running um, was and where she's found, it's basically on the way back to Egypt. So she was running for freedom. She was going home. She was trying to go home when she was, when she was found. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, this spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? Okay, now I tried to read that very carefully. Where have you come from and where are you going? Because when you heard this passage in church, Emily, growing up, what was the tone of voice there? What are you doing? Like, why are you here? Like, what in the world are you doing? This is wrong. Condemnation. Yeah. And he says, where are you going? And she said, he didn't ask her where she was going. And, and a lot of people, the angel of the Lord, this was actually the Lord speaking. Um, and he didn't ask her where she was going because he didn't know. Just like back in the garden when Adam and Eve had sinned and he said, you know, where are you? Why did you hide from me? He already knew. He said, where are you? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarah. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. Whoa. She's running for freedom. And he tells her to go back. And at first we think that, that you know, that's a, I don't know, that would be very fearful. I, I wouldn't want to go back. But he tells her to go back. Return to her, submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. Now, this next verse I have done a lot of reading on this, and this is the take that I agree with, with those, um, the commentaries. Mm -hmm. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all of his kinsmen. Now, when he says that, when the, when the Lord tells her that, 
I know there are a lot of implications and a lot of messages that could go on from there and talk about the Middle East and everything. But what he's saying to her, he's saying to her, you're a slave, but I'm promising you right now, your son will never be. Mm. He will be free. Mm. He will be wild. He will be a nomad. He will be, you know, and yes, I know later his line causes, you know, there are a lot of issues there, but he's telling her, I'm promising you go back because I'm promising you right now, not only are you going to have a son, not only is he going to have a long line, but he's going to be free. Hagar, he's not going to be a slave. And so, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here, I have seen him who sees me. And the name that she gave him was El Roy, El Roy, the God who sees. Mm. And I think it's absolutely beautiful. The fact that the first name given to the Lord in the Old Testament is by Hagar, Mm, a nobody, a slave, Mm -hmm. a woman, uh, all of these things. And she has the privilege of giving his first name. So she goes back. She goes back and she does what he tells her to as a child. And you guys know the story. It goes on. Um, and then when she is sent away, she thinks that she's going to die. She goes over to another area just so she can see her son. And we're like, we're both going to die. And the angel of the Lord comes to her again and shows her where the water is and they survive. And, and God's promise to her goes on. Mm. I love that, that he a couple of things that he was searching for her and found her because mm. a lot of times we can feel like God isn't speaking or that God doesn't hear. God doesn't know when he's actually the one pursuing us. Mm. And then he offers her this beautiful promise. And I think this is such an important story to untwist the narrative through because I hated this story before. I thought that she was just treated so poorly. Um, I guess once I stopped, once I really heard the story, cause I heard, kind of heard the story, read the story, was preached the story lots. But once I sat with it, it just kind of made me a little bit disgruntled against God. Like why in the world would you let her be treated like this and then tell her to go back and all of these things, because I had this picture that God was a, part of the oppression on her, sending her back and letting Sarah and Abraham treat her this way. And that's why the cultural context is so important, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have to understand what's actually going on in these stories. Otherwise you'll look at it and go, wait a second, God isn't valuing her and he's not the one devaluing her in the story. Right. Right. And again, this, um, goes, goes back to, you know, you, you mentioned untwisting the narrative to me. Um, yeah, I can't imagine having to go back or, or even choosing to go back, but in God's sovereignty, he knew the plan that was going to unfold. 
through this. Mm -hmm. And so he was asking her to trust him. And she says, you see me, you see me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I feel like he's saying to her, you are seen, you are known. And I promise you, your son is not going to live in slavery. So basically he breaks the generational curse there because everything creation was everything was supposed to be perfect she she was never supposed to have to suffer you know sarah was never supposed to not be able to have children all the things and sin brought that into the world so you have creation and then we have the fall which is you know what we're dealing with but then we have the redeeming Mm -hmm. of the story and i feel like through this story of Hagar it gives us a glimpse of the beginning of the redeeming mankind who's protecting her even though it doesn't look like it at the time right and that reminds me of another story I heard have you ever heard a or you of course you've read the story where the woman the husband in Leviticus I think it's Leviticus he's jealous over her and she has to drink this weird concoction of dirt off the temple floor and like what in the world is going on here chapter? Like, right. why would God, why would God put that in as a yeah. guideline or, and, or allow men to put that in as a guideline? Right. Why was that even in scripture? Right. And I heard that culturally, which makes so much sense. Cause we know that putting away was so common that if a man mm-hmm. was jealous, he could just oust his wife and she had no standing in that. Right. He could just divorce her. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she had, she was destitute. Mm-hmm. And so this was actually God's way of protecting her because there was now a protocol. You couldn't just oust your wife and it puts God in a much better light. He was protecting her. Okay. And so you, back, back up here and tell me about the, what she had to drink and how that gave her an out. So if Let's break that down a little bit more. Okay. So if she drank it, and she had indeed been promiscuous, her thigh would rot and she would die. So I can honestly say, I don't think I've read that passage, except maybe when I was in college and and had to read the Old Testament for Old Testament survey, (laughs) I must've skimmed over that part. (laughs) Right. It was when you were reading through Leviticus and you you were kind of zoning out like, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that can be really shocking. Like why in the, what? Right. But God put that in there. Cause I mean, when you think about it, is that really, maybe it did happen. Maybe it did, but God put it in there as a protection for that woman, not to be just ousted. So and, if she did that, then and her thigh, automatically divorce right. her. If she oh, did okay. not die from drinking this, she, he had to keep her. Okay. And I don't know. The Bible doesn't say if they ever actually did this test. I kind of like to think God, it, God just put it in there as a, Hey, this is how dumb this is that you guys want to just oust your wife all the time. I don't know, (laughs) but I used to think that that was awful. And then you learn the context of it and go, wait a second. God's actually protecting women. And it's, he's protecting them from all kinds of junk and mistreatment like he is Hagar. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hagar's story 
like you said, he sought her out. Um, he cares for her. He saw her in her suffering. He heard her cry out. Um, and then he promises her that he would be there with her through her suffering and promises her a son. And so I, I read in one commentary that in that moment when he promises her a son and he tells her, your son's going to be old, he's going to be a wild man. He's, he's also telling, you know, and that it'd be against. So we knew there was going to be tension, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a brother is born for adversity. <laughs> um, sure, we knew yeah. there, there's going to be tension and issues, but he was also saying, I'm going to counter your slavery by freeing your son. Mm -hmm. And so for generations then. Um, mm -hmm. And so I just, I think it's super important for all of us, men, women alike, um, young men, young women, especially in today's culture, that Elroy, you you do have a God who sees. He sees mm -hmm. you. Yes, he does. He sees you where you are. He sees you if you're um, in the middle of suffering. He sees you if you're in the middle of rejoicing. He sees you. And that's, to me, the narrative that needs to come from that passage. Yep. You know, I even read Emily, and I felt like this was interesting. One of the commentaries said that, um, some scholars believe that when she was sent away the second time, that Abraham obviously didn't really want her sent away, not necessarily her, but he wanted Ishmael close and Sarah wanted to make sure that um, Isaac got all of the inheritance and Ishmael right. would receive mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. and so she's like, no, she's gone. And Abraham's like, okay, do what, do what you will with her. But um, I thought it was an interesting take. We think at first Abraham's like, he gives her one jug of water and a little bit of bread and expects them to survive the desert. Well, some um, commentaries, some scholars believe um, they interpreted that as he gave them a little so that they wouldn't go very far and he wouldn't lose his other son, mm. you know. And of course, sure. you know, I don't know that. We don't no. know that. I'll ask him when we get to heaven if that was <laughs> his motive behind that. But um, I just think this is just one of many stories that the narrative that people, some people were raised with in church needs to be rewritten. They, yep. they need to, we need to untwist yep. that narrative. Because um, um, God sees you sees you where you are and he knows you and mm -hmm. in knowing you he knows absolutely everything about you and still wants to be with you yeah like you are fully known and fully loved it's not a condemnation because before reading through that that verse was pulled out and used as god sees everything you do don't mess up yeah you better and, watch out right and God is not condemning when he's watching over, he's there, he sees, he knows, mm -hmm. and it's a comfort. Like the Holy oh, spirit right. is called a helper, a comforter. And right. his job is not to just mm, heap guilt or shame on top of you. Right. 
And I, and I love, as I was thinking of that and just um, you and I were talking recently and I feel like this um, goes right along with the story of Hagar um, and how it's applicable to us today. He rescues our story. Her story was not a good one. Mm-hmm. She was trafficked. She was less than all the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He rescues our story. He recovers our freedom. He redeems our relationship and he raises us from the pit. Mm, yes. That's, that's just, that's who he is. Not that we don't ever have consequences for our choices because we certainly do, but he is, he is there with us. Yeah. That raises me from the pit makes me think of, I thank God again, get up out of that grave. We are not living in that. Like we're not living in that bondage and we're set free. Yeah. I love the lyrics of the verse. Um, he picked me up. He turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. Oh, so good. I love that song. I wish we could play it, but we don't have copyright permission, (laughs) but you guys need to listen to Maverick City. I thank God. And if you've got a video, watch the video. It's, it's my morning jam. (laughs) Good stuff. It is good. It is good. Thanks for being here with us friends. Yeah. I just love, um, what God is is teaching us as we walk these things. And, you know, at first this week, Emily, I, I read a lot of things, <laughs> listen to some clips, listen to some messages um, that again, you know, you think, oh, wow, nobody, nobody preaches like that anymore. That's, that's gotta be from years ago. Mm-hmm. And like some of these clips were just in the last couple of weeks oh. and just, condemning and I'm not talking about calling out sin you know because that that's a healthy thing I'm just talking about condemning and hateful and slanderous and bondage yeah just putting people trying to trying to put the law back on those who have had grace Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus came and fulfilled the law And so, um, it's almost like the story of Hagar. He broke the slavery line and he made sure that Hagar's son was going to be, you know, he was going to be a free man. Mm. And, and that's what God's done for us. And this narrative, this false narrative that still is perpetuated week in and week out in pulpits, um, it's wrong. It's wrong it's extra standards and it's wrong. Yeah. So anyway, sure is. I need to stop because I'll just get to preaching and we'll just be going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of our, te- our hashtag could be, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yes. I think a hashtag for the next several weeks really ought to be untwisting the narrative. I would yeah. love to see that take off because 
especially people who've been raised in um, legalistic environments, whether it's IFB or SBC or do re me or whatever you were raised in. Um, we, you know, it's, it's time to continue to untwist that narrative. So hashtag untwisting the narrative. And as we close out, I would like to read one of the reviews that we got left on our podcast. So she says so much truth in just these first few episodes. I am excited to go through each topic with you and learn from the Bible. Thank you ladies for leaning into the Holy spirit and letting him lead you through the word and helping us all to understand God's love in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. Just so thankful that, that we can. Yeah. That makes my heart happy. Mm -hmm. yeah. So leave us a re review review. Maybe we will read yours on an upcoming episode and hit us up with an email or on social media, tag us, tell us what you're learning and what's landing for you and what narratives that you are untwisting, unpacking and walking away from into more freedom and more abundance and love. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget to crank fabric city. Oh thank God. As soon That's as right. you finish listening to this. And I want to hear what you think about it. Yep. <laughs> we have been writing down ideas that God has put on our heart. We get some really awesome things coming in the future. We're going to sprinkle in a few interviews that you guys are not going to want to miss. That's right. And can I just say thank you to all the girls that have um, and people that have reached out to us and mm -hmm. shared their stories already. Yes. yes. Um, and just so thankful for that. Please don't stop sharing your story because someone else needs that story. Right. And if I didn't say it yet, that email address is hello at sisterseeker.com. And you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next week. Thanks for being here. Peace week. Peace <laughs>